0: rise for their majesties of royally obsessed the podcast for all things royals
1: stand by three cheers for her majesty the queen
2: welcome back to royally obsessed i'm roberta and i'm rachel and it is time for your weekly update on all the royal news you need to know. Just a couple of reminders as always before we dive in. You can follow us on Instagram at royally Obsessed Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a royal rating. Pretty please, and send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. How was your
0: weekend, Rachel? It was good. It was very busy. It was also wild. I have some big news to share. I officially bought the sheep sweater that Princess Diana wore. <laughs> That's a big purchase too, It right? was huge, Roberta. I was freaking out. So this was kind of this led into my weekend. But Rowing Blazers, as everyone probably is aware now, released the warm and wonderful sheep jumper that Diana had. I got a tip from Rachel, one of our wonderful row rows. It's like, like just the time difference between where she lives and where I live. She pinged Roberta and I gave Me, the heads up that it was going on sale. I, my whole morning was derailed figuring out how I was going to get this sweater. Um, but I got it at and it one was like, point.
2: Your husband had to try and hack the website, yes.
0: I was like, <laughs> Well, it was password protected, and I was like, When does this go on sale? It's gonna sell out in one second. And I was freaking out, and my husband stepped in to try to figure out if he could like decode the password in advance. We ended up not needing to <laughs> because. As soon as we tried, it was on sale. And I just quickly checked the sizing information and bought it. And it is now sold out, I think. But you can actually pre-order it, but it won't arrive till 2021. But mine should be here within a few days, actually. So I'm pretty (gasps) excited about it. It's kind of been like my trajectory of the podcast. I've been talking about it since the first episode. <laughs> it really was since the first episode, which is kind of wild. But what is the relation to the original sweater? Isn't it the same it's pattern? It's the exact same pattern as when as the one that Diana wore, the one that uh, Sally Muir and Joanna Osborne designed in 1979. They did a collaboration, which remember, they teased on their blog. They were That's like, coming so in fall 2020, but they wrote this in 2019. I've really been sleuthing this out. So... I'm pretty excited. I just keep thinking I'm about how I'm going to be so wear happy for you. <laughs> And it, it's, it's your uh,
2: Christmas birthday. I know, Matt, present. my husband was to like, yourself, this
0: is Christmas? Because it's like $300. It was, th- he oh was like, God. this is your birthday. This is Christmas. This is through 2021 gifts. He was very like, you just checked all those boxes for me.
2: And you're like, I'm putting my foot down. I have to have this. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if any other Roros snagged the sweater before it went to pre-order yes. and sold out. Let us know. I would
0: love to Oh my hear gosh, send us as it arrives. And we can all <laughs> yeah. talk about it. We can have a separate group. <laughs> we'll
2: talk I about it. I wanted to tell you that i started this weekend watching the great british bake off <gasps>
0: Have you and i am
2: like i've never watched it oh and it gosh, is roberta so good and so all consuming and like what a treasure trove of content
0: you just uncovered for yourself
2: oh my gosh it's amazing dave was like why are you so obsessed with this and i was like it's a study of humanity like it is yeah everyone's it's so kind so good there's so there's so many like layers to it and i feel like it's like I don't know. It's just like it's such a good escape from today. Like it just is. It makes me so happy, and now I just want to bake everything.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it! And you also moved this weekend too. You have a lot going on.
2: Yes, temporary move. Temporary. Temporary move. Just a thirty day, yeah, thirty day stay in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, yeah. So a change of scenery, which is always nice. We're very lucky. Really exciting. Well, guys, we have so much coming up. We have Harry and Meghan's joint podcast debut on Teenager Therapy, which I just want to say, the Royals need to do all the podcasts. I just, I love hearing them on podcasts. We'll talk about that, especially our podcast. invitation always open. Uh, We also have Prince William's ITV documentary about climate change that just aired and the big reveal about the Earthshot Prize, which I'm pretty um, excited, emotional about. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, Kate's assist to reopen the Museum of Natural History and a special guest appearance from Rebecca Stoker, who you guys know from at the Royal Courier on Instagram. And she's the author of the new book, This is a Book for People Who Love the Royals, The Ultimate Holiday Gift. So we have a lot coming up so much but as
2: always we have time for a royal refreshment and now it's time for the weekly
0: royal cocktail
2: this week we are sipping whatever is in our fridge <laughs> i'm having leftover red from dinner but i did want to tell you rachel I, I found out this really cool drink that might not surprise people but it surprised me and it is that you have a little bit of red wine mixed with like one portion red wine to two portions of mineral water oh. and it's like a light red wine spritzer and it tastes amazing i never really liked mineral water on its it, own but so with dumb, the red but where wine do you
0: it's get minar- is mineral water you have to buy at the store right like pellagra oh, okay. P- like so it's sparkly like okay, okay. yeah it's like
2: very like snobbish no, not at but all. I mean, can't I don't see. buy it for myself, but Dave's parents had mineral water around. So we just had it and it is so good. And also, it's like not as if you had a couple glasses of red wine dinner and like you feel like you can't do work after or like do a bunch of stuff. Like it, it's just light and it's it's wonderful for winter because it's red wine. I love it. So, so you, pro you nursed one
0: of those while prepping for the pot. I love it. <laughs> I'm feeling exactly. like I'm actually just drinking leftover of the Paul Feig gin, the London dry gin. It's delicious. I can't get enough. So, and that It bottle. is. It's really smooth. So
2: pretty. I had some more this yeah. weekend. So pretty. Um, well, while we're sipping, we're going to read a lovely reader email from Monica. She wrote about her surprise engagement. Congratulations, Monica. So she said that she was always a longtime listener of the pod. Um, she has followed the royals since Princess Diana died. She says, Her death greatly affected my mother, who got married and had babies nearly the exact same years as Diana. As I've grown up, I've closely followed the royal family, especially Will, Harry, Beatrice, and Eugenie. So she says on my way to a weekend mini vacation this past weekend i ordered a porcelain cup commemorating b's wedding to edo because one it's beautiful two we are the same age with red hair so i'm partial (laughs) she says her boyfriend asked me what i was doing and when i explained he just chuckled and shook his head i asked him to give me a break and don't make fun of me he's fully aware of my love for the royals in reply he said i'm not it's just funny that's all but didn't elaborate A few short hours later, he proposed. He had chuckled that, of course, the royals were somehow involved in our special day. I attached the ring picture and my best bee look. I have to say, the ring, we talked about floral engagement ring styles the other week. And hers is that same floral style with the diamonds around. It's Yeah, it totally has
0: uh, Kate Middleton vibes, Princess Diana engagement ring vibes. I love it. Well, thank you for writing in. We love hearing from you guys, and congratulations. Um, But okay, moving on, This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. Happy birthday, Fergie! That's right, Sarah Ferguson, who we know and love as Fergie, is turning the big 6-1 on October 15th. Uh, the Duchess of York was born in 1959 at London Welbeck Hospital, um, but her royal life really began when she married Prince Andrew on July 23rd, 1986 at Westminster Abbey. So even though the pair had crossed paths their whole life, I thought this was interesting, they didn't connect as adults until the royal ascot of 1985. But Diana was actually really pivotal. She was a good friend of Fergie's, obviously, as we know, in recommending that the royal family include her at that event and then encourage their romance. I thought that was kind of cool. And then... uh I I had to mention the fact that they got engaged in February of of the year they got married, 1986, and then they were married by July. So these rapid engagements, you know, they happen so fast. That's even Even shorter shorter than than we're used to, yeah. Uh, The pair, you know, Fergie and Andrew welcomed two daughters, Beatrice, in 1988, then Eugenie in 1990, but in 1992, Fergie and Andrew decided to separate, and the queen also decided that Fergie would no longer carry out official engagements on behalf of the crown. It's a really big deal. Um, In 1996, their split became official. They were officially divorced. Um, I thought this was interesting, too, that Fergie apparently received a lump sum settlement of about 3 million pounds for her divorce. Um... And it seemed low, but I guess according to interviews, Fergie was way more focused on maintaining her relationship with the queen. So that to her was the ultimate thing that she wanted to leave with intact. Um, Of course, you know there were numerous scandals for Fergie um, that we won't get into. But flash forward to present day, when rumors actually are running rampant that Fergie and Andrew are back together, we know that they do live together at the Royal Lodge. And Eugenie, her daughter, has even said, they're the best divorced couple I know. And Fergie told a radio station in 26 we We've never really left each other. I just thought all of that was very interesting as we reminisce about looking ahead to Fergie's birthday this week. Uh, But do you think, I don't know, Roberta, do you think that they could get back together? I feel like... No, <laughs> only because of all,
2: I mean, it, I think that them living together and maybe the way that their relationship is set up now is is kind of perfect for them and is working really well for them. I mean, you don't have to be married to yeah. cohabitate with someone and really love them. And I think that that, um, that seems to really, that dynamic just works well, um, especially in light of the Prince yeah. Andrew stuff. I just feel it's like baggage. it's all really icky and that she wouldn't want to get involved. Yeah. and Not involved, but kind of. I don't know. It just it it wouldn't feel right for him to have a happy celebration right now. It's terrible. As yeah, it, it wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I feel like she'd want to. to- if anything, distance herself in the public eye, at least from him. Totally, so totally,
0: yeah. But it option. it is interesting, and I mean, what we do know that is that Fergie really has. Um, she's back in the Queen's good graces. Um, she's also about to have a baller sixty first year. I mean, I'm really excited for her. So much going <laughs> it's on. It's like for talk them. about yeah, a celebration. Yeah, she has the new yeah. grandkid coming with uh, with Eugenie and uh, the wedding of Beatrice, and also her YouTube channel is just such a delight. So, anyways, happy early birthday or happy birthday.
2: She's publishing tons of books right she's always so I
0: feel like children I think her last one was published in the mid it was like 2012 2016 I think so I don't think she has one coming up yet but she's definitely on a roll with that as well so she has a lot going on
2: yeah tons well happy birthday happy birthday Well, let's kick off this week in news. So we had a couple of Harry and Meghan sightings. The first one was their appearance on the Teenager Therapy podcast that we mentioned earlier. In honor of World Mental Health Day, which was this Saturday, Meghan and Harry sat down with the Teenager Therapy hosts, Gael, Kayla, and Thomas in Montecito. I love this. The the spokesperson for the Sussexes said that they found out about the podcast from a profile in the New York Times about the five high school students who started it. Um, So just like you and I just reading the New York Times and they read that and said we need to get in touch with them and appear on the podcast. And on the episode, they talked about mental health, vulnerability, self-care, Carrie revealed that he does meditation. Megan said he's really quite good at it um, and he's really dedicated to it, which I love that insight. Megan revealed that her kind of self-care is journaling and it gives her a lot of perspective. They also brought up breastfeeding and Archie and the South Africa ITV tour interview with Tom Bradby that they did. So here is that segment.
0: The journalist asked me, well, are you okay? And I didn't realize that my answer would receive such a an interest from around the world because I said, well, thanks. It's you know, People haven't really asked me if I'm okay. I didn't think about that answer. I just answered honestly because I was, being, I was in a moment of vulnerability, because I was tired, because there was no presentation. It was just, here's where I am. I'm a mom who is with a four and a half month old baby and we are tired. I loved that part. I think that that was such an off the cuff moment and hearing that that moment Was, you know, when she did that interview with Tom Bradby, that it really was that off the cuff for her, you know, breastfeeding kind of that whirlwind aspect of their lives at that moment. And Archie was only four and a half months. It's just, she wasn't really thinking about it. And it really did become one of her most iconic interviews.
2: Right, and the, the fact that she kind of teared up at that moment um, was so poignant and touched a lot of people, and I think that her explaining, you know, the her thinking behind it and what she was kind of going through behind the scenes that we didn't know, you know, she was running back and forth to breastfeed Archie, and they, they were under so much stress during that royal tour um, as he was only four months old. I think that that just insight provided a lot of context for it. Uh, also, I think the most quoted part of their podcast interview with Teenager Therapy is this line. She says, I'm totally— Told that in 2019 I was the most trolled person in the entire world, male or female. Now for eight months of that, I wasn't even visible. I was on maternity leave or with the baby. But what was able to be just manufactured and churned out is almost unsurvivable. I don't care if you are 15 or 25. If people are saying things about you that aren't true, what that does to your mental and emotional health is damaging. I mean, the most trolled person of 2019, I believe
0: it. I mean, I really believe yeah, it. It's, but it's. I feel so upset hearing her say that and how she has learned to kind of just take it on the, you know, just take it and move on. I mean, I really, I think one of the more poignant aspects of the interview, I mean, it's all about mental health and, you know, the, how to take care of yourself. And I think that the way that they contextualized it with talking about, you know, Meghan Markle enduring that kind of online bullying is one thing, but like when you picture, I mean, it's not OK in any aspect, but you picture like a high school kid or a middle school kid. It's their whole world. I think, you know, the way Harry and Meghan talked about that, I really it strikes a chord because it is really important that this needs to stop. I'm so not OK with it. And I like that this is a big cause. Yeah.
2: for them, and that they recommended even to these teenagers, you know, don't feel so you know, behold into the dings mm-hmm. or the notifications or the recommended stuff. Like what, what would happen if you just went on, saw your friend's post that you wanted to see and got offline? You know what I mean? Like that kind of – I love that they kind of gave them actionable things to – better their own mental health and kind of the steps that they took that really helped I feel like I'm taking that Um, advice
0: too. I mean, that was actually, you know, the way that they explained that how you, it is true. A lot of times our lives are like controlled by the ding. And so I've been trying to practice that. I loved, I really thought that this was just, there was so much substance to this interview.
2: Yeah. And I love teenager therapy. I think I want to listen to it like regularly, even though I am nowhere near being a teen, but I thought that they had really honest and very, um, I don't know, touching insights, and it was such a good podcast, and I would love to hear more
0: well, from it's them. it's a world we're less familiar with being past our teenage years, sadly. <laughs> so it's nice to kind of tap into yeah. that, what they're going through.
2: Totally. And Archie was mentioned. We have to bring that up. Um, I love that they talked. Harry said he was very good at making bird noises and that Archie loves them, and Megan was like, oh, he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so about right. So that was a, a little insight. Also, we have to talk about Megan's outfit. All the behind-the-scenes photos that they released are like stunning. They look like they're out of some cool Gen Z magazine. I I love that she pivoted like like, an Etsy
0: top, you know, an RBG Etsy top that's so affordable. Also, like, I mean, I restrained myself this one time because I've been shopping a little too much after my sheep sweater. But I really feel like it's like it's nice, the accessibility for people that want to go out and buy that and be like the Duchess.
2: Yeah, and it was her whole outfit was kind of RBG-inspired, it seemed like, because the, the top was Etsy, the, t- the gray T-shirt, then she had a little striped cardigan sweater over her shoulders, but then she also had the Etsy mask, which said, when there are nine, and that is in reference to uh, the late Justice's answer when she was asked when there will be enough women on the Supreme Court, so I really loved that. Here, here. Um, so. <laughs> In support of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, next, we had Harry and Meghan join Malala on Sunday for International Day of the Girl. This weekend was full of big national days World Mental Health Day, International Day of the Girl. So on Sunday, uh, the Sussexes joined Malala, who is a Pakistani activist and the youngest Nobel Prize laureate. Here is a little of their conversation.
0: So, you know, what I had realized very early on was that when women have a seat at the table, conversations in terms of policy change, conversations in terms of legislation, certainly in terms of just the dynamics of a community are all shifted. And typically when a woman is present at the table, she's going to be advocating for an entire family as opposed to a patriarchal presence. And so when you have to see how do you get a woman to embrace her voice, well, you have to start with where she is as a young girl.
2: So definitely a different tone of voice for them. You know, they're, they're, different audiences i think and so that kind of changes the way that they sound both harry and megan um she definitely sounds a little more formal in this and a little more um inspiring and and more you know she talks more about uh girls access to education and has this sort of activism bent to that um whereas the other one was more about vulnerability and mental health and being able to just open up about what you're dealing with but so it was both were very um wonderful topics that the Sussexes have talked a lot about we have to get some lighter (laughs) stuff out of the way first and it was that glam Megan is in full force for this talk we saw her in a it's a tux turtleneck bodysuit I've never heard this brand tux but I thought that was cool that it was a bodysuit she had white pants a brown belt sleek bun dark red lip so and good. I feel like I'm loved, like, I, cause obviously
0: look. early in the quarantine, I replicated Kate zoom fashion. I feel like Megan is like, I just, we need to, someone on our team needs to do that. She kicked it <laughs> she up really a notch. Much, yeah, then, yeah.
2: She really kicked it up and you're wearing a black turtleneck I mean, now. Yeah, so I, I feel homage, like you're channeling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also love that Archie got brought back up again. Um, he, they said that they were there. The silver lining of the pandemic is that they were there for a lot of Archie's first, so his first steps, his first run, his first fall. So I thought that was. Really I really like kind that of all what we're going through, yeah, because yeah. I think that that
0: is one of the weirder parts. It's like we would normally be in an office for working parents. It's really challenging because you kind of hear about, or you're not there for the exact moment of these first. So I liked that they mentioned that because it is a brighter spot of all the, of this time.
2: Definitely. And then we had a double date night. We spotted Harry and Megan out with Catherine McPhee and David Foster last week. Um, they were at Lucky's Steakhouse, presumably uh, celebrating David and Catherine's announcement that she's pregnant, um, which there's a lot of gossip and um, News around that, just that the way they rolled out the news is a little bit staged. They had a People Magazine exclusive. The photos are, if you haven't seen the photos yet of the People Magazine exclusive, Catherine McPhee is carrying her chihuahua in a sling <laughs> on her body, which is <laughs> I just, was kind of confused by this because they're paparazzi pics though, right? Or they were, but
0: they were staged,
2: right? But some, yeah, I don't know if they were just like it was like a stage. They are paparazzi pics, but for photo op. Yeah. Like multiple angles. It's, it, I don't know. It's, it's all very, very bizarre, interesting, but yeah, they went to dinner to celebrate. Um, Megan is wearing leather pants and, uh, orange backless mules healed mules, which I love this kind of greaser or grease look, um, that was really in a trench. So channeling a little bit of uh, the grease movie aesthetic, um, Catherine told Access Hollywood that her 7 year old Canadian musician and producer husband has a really, really beautiful relationship with Harry, dubbing them like father and son. So They have gotten really close and it is so interesting because Megan and Catherine actually went to the same high school, Immaculate Heart, and... Started musicals together. So they kind of have a history, but also this feels like it came
0: out of nowhere a little bit. I think it's um, so interesting. Yeah, their friendship. I mean, I feel like because I think Catherine is also like a pretty famous Trump supporter, but I don't I we've gotten some tips about that. But I think that that's it's just an interesting relationship. That's not that widely reported
2: on, though, which is it, it's very interesting. But she has like if you if you look up the donations, her donation history, it says that she's given to the Trump campaign. Which seems kind of, you know, an exact opposite, I would say, to Megan's outspoken views and values. Of, yeah, um, yeah, and values. So fascinating. Really interesting. Fascinating. That's like fascinating. Yeah, yeah. But
0: politics aside, I guess, <sighs> <yeah. laughs> which you can't really say yeah. <laughs> uh, anymore. Well, anyways, uh, lots of amazing Harry and Meghan news. Uh, but moving on, William kind of was in the spotlight simultaneously this week. I got to say, I have been really emotional about everything that William's been doing. You know, we started off with, you know, at the last episode, we were talking about the uh, the meet and greet they did with David Attenborough, and which led to the new pics of George and Charlotte and Louis. But that also was the perfect segue to um, to William's documentary, A Planet for Us All, which just debuted on ITV. Um, he's kind of, William's been his toe in the water in terms of documentaries. We had the football and our mental health from earlier this summer. Um, and it's, you know, for anyone that wants to check it out, it's available via Amazon Prime. And I was able to do, um, ITV kind of has a seven-day trial, but you can also subscribe to get ITV content, which I'm actually thinking I'm
2: oh, nice. all in yeah.
0: for. Uh, but the the basically the subject of the documentary is William is making his case for leaving his children and all of our children a green, clean, sustainable earth. And I'm not quite sure how anyone can argue with that. Uh, but so- <laughs> you know, is the perfect kind of precursor to have this documentary come out ahead of the Earthshot Prize, which we're going to talk about next. But I just I think I just was left feeling incredibly proud of Prince William. Um, It's just such a gargantuan effort that he's taking on. And and his strategy and his, you know, tactics for solving this are not vague. And I think that that is really, really helpful and productive because I think people are very overwhelmed by the subject of climate change. So I like that. It's very
2: actionable. Yeah. And and also, you kind of pointed out he's very king-like in this kind yes, of endeavor, Yes. That's right? exactly
0: yeah. the taste. That I, that's how I felt when I was watching it. I just felt like, really, this is – I mean, William has had numerous platforms. It's not that. But just kind of the synergy of all the touch points of this initiative and this big launch with Earthshot, his documentary, David Attenborough, I really felt like this was like, okay, I'm listening, and I really believe that I can see you on the throne. I can – feel your impact already. Um, I I did want to mention that some reviews of the documentary are talking about Prince William's unofficial role kind of leading these documentaries and then versus Prince Harry's official role that's coming up via Netflix. How do you feel about that? It's kind of interesting that they're both stepping into the spotlight in that way.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think because William is obviously a senior working royal, he's not necessarily doing these documentaries for commercial gain whereas harry and megan obviously have been paid for this netflix partnership and will probably produce pretty similar i would think pretty similar feeling documentaries but just with netflix so it'll be interesting to see how they compare and kind of um you know what impact they both have i also thought it was super interesting someone pointed out that a lot of the senior members of the royal family have taken on climate change and usually you you kind of think they stick to their own lanes like someone will focus on mental health someone will focus on access to education um but prince charles prince william and prince harry with travelists they all are really focusing on climate change now and so i think that the that's a huge deal that three of the biggest you know Personas in the royal family have chosen this cause, and so yeah, I think it's so—it's the royal family's cause. It's all of our yeah, causes now. So I
0: really like it. I think one of my most favorite moments from the documentary that made me actually laugh out loud was uh, they have a shot, a little uh, moment where William meets a group of kids at All Saints Catholic Primary oh, yeah. School in, in Anfield, <laughs> and they've created an insect refuge that they call Buggingham. Buckingham Palace and there's a queen bee that's like this little fuzzy bee that made me laugh so hard so cute I in the didn't the girl in that section
2: the girl is like can I ask you a question a little school girl is like can I ask you a question in their cute little British accent that I can't do justice to but um, and he goes yeah, yeah yeah sure and she goes is Prince Princess Charlotte is cheeky as Prince yeah. George. And he's like, they're both very cheeky. And I love <laughs> I mean, that what? she was so excited to hear that answer, too.
0: I love it. And William is so related. I mean, it's like, I hate, you know, relatable is kind of a meh word, but I, I really just feel like he he has so many attributes that his mom had. And it's so nice to see him at length in these types of, you know, moments and causes. Um, I also liked Kate's participation. You know, I think that they shot some footage while they were in Pakistan. So it was great to see her at part of the documentary. But that does segue uh, beautifully into the Earthshot Prize, which was really laid out in Prince William's TED Talk uh, that and kind of all the details of his action plan for saving the planet. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to play a, a moment from his TED Talk.
1: I've long been inspired by President John F. Kennedy's 1961 mission to put a man on the moon within a decade... He named it the Moonshot. It seemed crazy. We'd only just launched the first satellite. Putting a man on the moon that quickly seemed impossible. But this simple challenge encompassed so much. He called it a goal to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. In taking that giant leap for mankind, the team behind the Moonshot united millions of people around the world that this crazy ambition wasn't so crazy after all.
0: So, Robert, a fun fact about me as a Massachusetts native, I've spent a good amount of time at the JFK Library in Boston. And so, I think for me to have Prince William draw that parallel between him and that, you know, moonshot mission really was where I started to tear up because I think that it just kind of shows yes, the next 10 years are critical and maybe I just need a little inspiration right now, but it f- makes it feel a little more possible (laughs) you know we gotta take this on
2: (laughs) it also really reminded me of this is gonna sound so silly but the moment from the crown when the royal family's all watching the launch of the rocket to the moon and how excited they are to meet the astronauts and how prince philip is like everyone quiet like this is the biggest thing like he stayed up all night watching it all the preparations for it i feel like the royal family is like really obsessed (laughs) (laughs) that like that kind of analogy and they like love the mission to the moon. I yeah. think that that really resonated for Prince Philip, and that he passed You're that so love right. on to Prince Charles and and prince charles passed it on to his children so i love it that's i what know I was, I was
0: like they're obsessed with this moon launch <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that channeling the optimism and hope and like yeah. action that we just need i so basically to some Well, up that was earth. one of my favorite episodes of the crown too oh, i well, have there to you say go. they did such a
2: good job of I that. need to should watch that one yeah it feels like there's such a now there's such like a tie back to history for them too because of that you know Pivotal moment for the royal
0: family. Totally, totally. Well, so Moonshot Earthshot. The basic gist behind Prince William's plan is that he's going to this Earthshot Prize will provide five awards a year, totaling one point three million each, from now to twenty thirty, and it will in in that over the span of the decade promote at least fifty solutions to the world's greatest environmental issues, um, with the total being awarded at sixty five million, and then. Even I mean, I don't know why this was so exciting to me, but the plan is that at starting at the end of 2021, there's going to be prestigious and glamorous events that honor these people coming up with these brilliant ideas. In the words of one aid, the goal is to make these visionaries as famous as the returning astronauts of the Kennedy mood shot. He also has an advisory board that includes Kate Blanchett, Queen Rania of Jordan, Shakira, Indra Nui, Sir David Attenborough, and many more. Um and he in the Shakira kind of, and Kate Blanchett,
2: I mean, that is yeah. like Oh my god. It's gosh. such a diverse panel, I
0: feel yeah, like. It really, yeah, it's incredible. And uh and yeah, I, I really am a huge fan of Indra Nui as well. And so I feel like I also She's really the liked-
2: former, is she the former CEO of Pepsi? She Sorry. is. I actually yeah. got had
0: the chance to interview her when my good housekeeping days, and she was so inspiring. So I feel like it's kind of cool to see That's awesome. the, the team he's assembled. But he then described it in his Instagram video announcing them that I'm the very boring coach looking for skillful players. And I don't know why, but I Couldn't help but think of, like, Hugh Grant in Love Actually, like, kind of a little bit, like, really smart, really intelligent, really awesome, but then kind of putting himself down. The humility is there.
2: Yes, definitely. But anyways, yeah.
0: Like I said, I just – I felt like all of this together, I just really felt like I saw William as the future king, and that's exciting. I need excitement in 2020. Give it to me. Yes. No, (laughs) totally.
2: I loved the TED Talk. I really like the oak tree analogy, the acorn as a prop. Um, The fact that he's sitting in the actual tree that he's talking about when he's explaining the Earthshot prize. It was funny because the camera pans out and he's like actually like sitting like on a branch thing that's kind of coming out from the tree. You thought he was just sitting on the ground or something. So I thought that was really hilarious the way that they set it up. But um, yeah, it does. I feel like when you said that, it rang true that he it's it's kingly of him to take on this massive, massive, um, you know, issue that affects everyone on planet Earth. And I think it'll be exciting to see the award ceremony, the red carpet. Give us a red carpet. Yeah, just
0: that in itself. I'm really excited for it. Don't you just feel like 2021, we are all putting so much stock in it. We're just like, okay, like, I need like a draft of all the royal things alone that I need to, you know, just to look forward to. I
2: love that they're like, there'll be a huge ceremony in 2021. It's like, well, that Feels like a little unpredictable still, but okay. They we'll did go say with that.
0: at the end. They said at the very end. So hopefully, it's funny that they were explicit in that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it was very exciting stuff. And we and you know, speaking of animals, the environment, and all of that, Kate also made a quick appearance. We didn't get a chance ahead of recording to see the actual awards ceremony, but that she would be participating in a virtual awards to honor the 56th Wildlife photographer of the year. Um, and Kate is back. I mean, I just feel like in, in real life events for her, her, she has a gorgeous black pantsuit. That's Alexander McQueen and her wedding dress designer, by the way. Yeah. And she just looks phenomenal and and looks phenomenal. There's a lot of comparisons. I mean, I love the puff sleeve of her jacket, but there's a lot of comparisons to her and Megan with Megan's black pantsuit. Of course there's always comparisons, but yeah. um, Megan's
2: also was Alexander McQueen actually one of them was mm-hmm. um so I think that's where and everyone's saying like imitation is the sincerest form of flattery I totally nice
0: um, to Megan.
2: yeah I think so I mean definitely would love to see Kate in more pantsuits we you and I were talking before about how she she has donned some pantsuits before um Namely that pink one from this year, the like dusty rose colored one. There was a purple um, skirt and jacket combo. I think it was earlier this year or last year. Um, so she she definitely but I would love to see Kate in more of these like power suits. I love yeah, a good she, power suit and even in colors well. like you don't have to do black. Wear like bright. I love bright colored pantsuits.
0: Totally. totally. La Hillary. <laughs> No, I know. I just I just think overall, though, just this entire episode talking about everything that the Sussexes are doing and the Cambridges, uh, it just really feels like, you know, Harry and William didn't have to take all these, you know, it's like they could have gone so many different ways. And I just can't help but think how impressive what they're doing really is. And mm-hmm. You know, I just think Diana would be so proud. So
2: totally, and Megan and Kate too. I think that they're all so so busy. The Pandemic is not slowing any of them down, not at all. Um, it's so them up. <laughs> I know, and especially like as we said last week, two cases surge over in Europe. I think it. I mean, they might have to go back to mostly virtual, and it seems like they are pretty much virtual for the time being. But it'll be interesting if there are any royal tours this year. I would assume not. Um yeah, totally. You know, any major family tours at least so all right well now we have should we intro our guest for the week yeah we are very
0: excited to chat with Rebecca Stoker so uh here's that conversation
2: Roros, please join us in giving a warm welcome to Rebecca Stoker, the face behind the popular royal Instagram account at The Royal Courier. She's also the author of the brand new book out this week called This is a Book for People Who Love the Royals, which breaks down all the aspects of everyone's favorite monarchy, from the lines of succession to why the palace guards never, ever smile. Welcome, Rebecca.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm laughing because as we
0: were setting up, I was literally hearting your picks on the royal courier. I love that account. It's such a thrill to have you here and to be holding your book, which is beautiful. Thank you. Perfect for the holidays as well. I feel like I need to gift it to so many people. Uh, It's so cute.
1: It's so, so cute.
0: But I wanted to just ask you, because Roberta mentioned it in your intro, why don't the guards at Buckingham Palace ever smile? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it's it's uh it's meant to be. You know, it's a very serious role. And what a lot of people don't know is that the guards at Buckingham Palace are extremely well trained. They are only on that post a certain amount of time. Um, otherwise, they have been you know, actually soldiers in the military. They've been to Afghanistan, um, Iraq, you know, depending on on what time period we're talking about. Um, They are extremely well-trained, focused soldiers. And I think a lot of times we think they're just there to be uh kind of the the cool guards in the red uniforms. But these are actually very focused, very trained. The photo soldiers props. So yeah, they're not just yes. decorative. Yes, they're not just decorative. Exactly. So <laughs> their their goal is to be focused and protect the queen. Uh they're not there for the photo op for the smile and that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> no, totally. that's I, I love that background. I feel like I'm picturing my, my trip to Windsor Castle and definitely taking the photo and now I'm yeah. now I have all this new information. Yeah. It's so the, the,
1: the tourists trying to get the, the guards to smile, yes.
0: Yeah, they, it won't happen. It won't happen. So now tell us, where are you uh, working from right now? Where are you joining us from? How is everything going with this wild pandemic that we're all kind of <sighs> riding out?
1: I am currently in Des Moines, Iowa. That is where I'm from. That's where I live. Um, I have been a teacher all the way up until just this year. I um, started into the business world in September. Um and so I did get to experience a little bit of the online teaching at the end of the school year because our schools closed down in March and it, it has been pretty chaotic and in a real challenge. So to some extent, I really miss teaching. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, right now, that's not really where I want to be. So
2: yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. We applaud
1: you. Yeah. yeah oh, definitely. well, thank you so much. Thank you.
2: So I want to ask, Rebecca, where did your obsession with the royals come from? When did it start? Tell us about the background of your love for the royals.
1: I Unfortunately, where I actually started to find out about the royals was the day that Princess Diana died. Um, I I saw that on the news and everything. I was about nine years old. And I was like, "Who who's this beautiful woman who passed away? This is so so tragic. And I wanted to learn more about her. And from there on, it just kept growing and growing. And my mom had a huge passion for the Royals. She had watched Charles and Diana get married on TV. She had gotten up super duper early for that. And uh, we had always said we would watch whoever William married, we would wake up early and watch him get married. And so we were up at four to watch William and Kate get married. And um, it's just kind of been an obsession ever since I was a kid. And I think it goes back to every little girl. The princesses are fascinating. The tiaras, um, all the of that tiaras, stuff.
0: right? So,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You sparkle, the bling, everything, and so it started back then, and it's continued well into adulthood. I never let that go. So, Aww.
0: when did you launch so your Instagram account?
1: I launched it about exactly three years ago. And okay, well. it was just meant to be something for fun that I was like, you know, maybe there's some other people out there who would enjoy Royals like me. Cause I, I don't find a lot of people in Des Moines, Iowa that enjoy Royals like I do. Um, so <laughs> that's I what like, we're here maybe,
0: for. We can all exactly. connect. <laughs> I know, yes. this is,
1: great, I know. This is perfect. That's, right, that's why I needed the internet. So I was like, maybe <laughs> I can, I can find some other people who enjoy Royals and we can just kind of share that a little bit. I never thought, I never thought it would take off the way that it did. It's been, crazy, but it's been incredible. I just love connecting with people worldwide who love royals like you guys, who love royals as much as I do. It's so much fun.
0: Yeah. Was there a specific post where you kind of saw your Instagram account gaining momentum? I mean, to have over 200,000 followers, I mean, well over 200,000, it's incredible. But was there a moment where that kind of just, you started to see real traction?
1: Yes. Um, Megan and Harry's wedding. I had, had oh, yeah, yeah so I was seeing the, it grow by the thousands that day.
0: Um, I wow. was
1: sitting with my mom, you know, watching the wedding and I was like, mom, my like page is blowing up. This is <sighs> nuts. And so anytime there's a major Royal event, I tend to see more growth, but I would definitely mm-hmm. say Harry and Meghan's wedding is where it really took off. I had started that the September before, and my first post was actually on um, them at the Invictus Games, which was kind of their first public time out as a couple. Right. That had actually been yeah. my first post, and so then when they got married, that the, the page just really started taking off. That right was
2: there. the inflection point. Do you remember before that post, how many followers you had versus after?
1: Oh, was it like I would say it was. It was. Spike? I mean, it grew. I it grew within the day. It probably grew by about five thousand. Um, so it was, that's incredible. It was nuts. I was just sitting there like, what? And then within the next 48, 72 hours, um, it grew more. Um, and then just after that, it just started remaining pretty constant that it was increasing. So that was a big, um, that was a big one.
2: And how did that kind of your Instagram account and your online presence as the Royal Courier, how did that pivot into this book?
1: So I, was contacted by the publishers and a, a woman who worked for Running Press, Shannon, and she wrote to me on Instagram and said, "You know, we're interested in you writing a royal book. I love your page. I love what you do." And I, I first thought it was spam, That's and I was, I was like, I was like so who's, cool. "Who's doing this?" Like, and so I, I you know, wrote to a friend and talked to my parents. I was like, "Somebody's asking me to write a book," but I'm like, "I don't know if it's legit." And they were like, "Well, this this publishing company is certainly legit, whatever." <laughs> so look into it, and uh, and so we started chatting back and forth, and had you know phone call and everything, and she you know told me kind of in general what they were looking for, and it was something that I had always thought was kind of missing in the royal book market. So I was super excited to do it, and yeah, it was just, it went from there.
0: Yeah. How would you kind of um, describe the book to our listeners for people that don't have it in hand yet? You know, what can you expect from the book?
1: Um, I, I kind of think of it as a, a little bit of a royal quick guide, a royal encyclopedia, just way more interesting than an encyclopedia. I don't want to say it's written like that, but, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it's got everything you could want to know about the royal family, like the titles, um, the the perks, the, the tiaras, the um, residences, all these different things that, you know... Um, they're not the easiest thing people think oh i'll just you know can google it and look it up Well, it's not that easy so it it, i feel like it's just really compiled all the interesting royal facts that people have asked me over time on instagram that people really want to know um things that i've always found just talking to people uh, that they've asked me about it so it's it's a royal a, a quick guide to all things royal
0: I definitely feel like it's something I'm going to keep by my side for every recording. <laughs> it's like the ultimate <laughs> handbook. I was just going to say, it's yeah. such a good re- reference book yeah, for us. It's really, exactly. really amazing. You know, keep it
1: in your purse. You never know when you might need it. It's, it's yeah, nice to not have really to important.
0: Google. It's nice to just have it all right here. I love it, especially the section at the back, kind of the quick biographies and quick facts yes. about every royal. It's just really handy.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I thought, you know... If I if, if there's a royal event and they wear a certain tiara or something, you can just grab the book. It's in there. It's got the different tiaras. It's got you know that type of thing. It's not something you have to Google and try and figure out because um, after having written it, you know, and researching the facts, I'll tell you, sometimes it's not that easy to find that information. It can take yeah, a lot of right. work. So now it's yeah. there in one spot yeah absolutely
2: I love it and also the illustrations oh my gosh who's it Monique Monique Amy oh they're so good they're so so cute I love all of them so much yeah it's gorgeous
1: yeah the cover was just more than I could have imagined I saw the cover for the first time and was like that is like exactly me and everything I could have wanted I I just can't believe how she captured everything it was great
0: oh amazing Adorable.
2: Um, As far as so back to Instagram, we want to know what is the royal content that you think makes your fans the happiest? Is it Kate? Is it George? Is it the kids? (laughs) What do you think performs the best and always, you know, gets the most engagement?
1: Side by side photos a lot of times. If I do side by side photos of, you know, one of the kids who like if Charlotte and William, if I have pictures where Charlotte kind of looks like William when he was young, those types of things, people love to see that. They love those. They love yes. that. Yeah. Yes. So that gets I always a lot. see those. Yes. That gets a lot of engagement. Um Anytime that I post something, you know, about like palace perks, I have a palace Perks series where I post on the tiaras or I post on royal jewelry or something that gets people really excited. Um, but yeah, I would have to say out of everything, if I post a picture of Kate and do something about her fashion or, you know, something about her adorable clothes and all of that, that'll get a lot of people liking it because, you know, everybody loves Kate. So
2: and people just love to see the similarities of children and parents yes. or grandparents. Yes. yes. yes.
1: And it sparks a lot of debate. There's a, there's it a lot. It It really debate. does. Because I will I will post it and, and I'll say, oh, aren't, don't they just look so much alike? And I will have people get on and be like, no, they don't. It looks like so-and-so. I'm like, OK. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone has an opinion yes. about who Charlotte looks like. Or it's, yes. It's, it's, it's always crazy. It's funny. Yeah. You know, we talked about Harry and Meghan and sort of their wedding being really an iconic moment, but you actually stopped covering Harry and Meghan um, mm-hmm. As soon as they made their last official appearance for Commonwealth Day in the UK mm-hmm. in March, was that a hard decision to make? What was the response to that, or has there been any response?
1: Yeah, it it was a hard decision. Um, I didn't. I told everybody. I said I'm not going to fully stop coverage mm-hmm. because still, I mean, I I, I cover like Zara Tindall, the Queen's granddaughter, for example. She's you know not technically. Royal as far as a title or anything. Mm -hmm. So I said, they will still appear on my page, but because they specifically, Harry and Megan asked for privacy, they wanted to be more private individuals. Um, I said, since it is a page for the Royals and they clearly have made the decision that they'd kind of like to step away from that. I just think it's important to respect that. And overall, I got, you know, overwhelming support for that. Um, you know, people saying thank you for respecting what they what they wanted and all of that. So, yeah, it's hard um, because you know to some extent it's hard to see anybody kind of go in that way and and whatever. But I just thought it was important that if that's what they want, we're going to go with it.
0: Yeah. Do you think that you'll see they'll pop up a little bit more as they start to make more and more official appearances, or you think for now they'll kind of be treated like a Zara Tyndall?
1: Yeah. For now, yeah. We'll see where it goes. It's so it's, it's always so flexible. hard. Yeah. And with COVID. You don't see them as much as you expected or whatever. So, you know, what I said from the beginning was if there is a major event that they attend or something, um, I'm totally happy to cover that, you know, and whatever, Uh, but I expected there to be more major events. I know, right? There, yes. <laughs>
0: same, same. <laughs>
1: so it's kind of just been like, okay, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I was like, respect their privacy and just keep the page more more focused on the Royals in that way, so.
2: Absolutely. And with how much the Cambridges are doing, even in, like, lockdown and quarantine yes. and all of that, it's a full-time job it is. on its own. Yes,
1: absolutely, <laughs> it is, yes. yes. <laughs> there's no Rachel and moment.
2: I fully understand where you're going. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot,
1: a you lot.
0: <laughs> yes, 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 for sure just being
1: at home and and recording I mean it is still a huge amount of work so huge
0: undertaking yeah all right well we want to shift over to this speed round that we kind of told you about where we want to kind of get your take on a lot of fun uh royal details you're definitely an in the know person so we want your take uh so the first question is who was your favorite royal wedding (laughs)
1: um It's a toss up between um, William and Kate because it has so many special memories um, of being there with my mom and watching that so early in the morning. We had waited for that for years and we still watch it. We have it on DVD. We still watch it from time to time, um, which is is really funny. We're so nerdy, mom.
0: Uh, Um, No, I think that's a great way to spend the pandemic. Yeah,
1: I know. Um, but I also absolutely loved Princess Eugenie's wedding, um, her dress, her tiara, the kids seeing George and Charlotte um, that I just thought was beautiful. And, and so it's a little bit of a toss up. Um, I think I loved William and Kate's because I just love William and Kate and I, you know, the memories and everything. But Eugenie's, I think as far as just my style and taste and everything I would have wanted, I think hers was my favorite.
2: And it was just her anniversary. Yes. This, was it this week? Yeah,
1: it was. Yes. Yep.
2: And that we, Rachel and I talked um, on last week on the podcast about that Zach Posen dress that she oh wore, which was just breathtaking. Breathtaking. So I yeah. totally agree. Um, okay, quick follow-up question. What is your favorite royal bauble? And it does not have to be a tiara, but we, Rachel and I, <laughs> I know we both love the royal perks section of the book, so... Um, Which is your favorite?
1: Okay. Um, I love, as far as, I, I will say as far as tiaras, I love the lotus flower tiara. Um, mm-hmm. Originally worn by the queen mother, it was um, originally a necklace that her husband had given her for a wedding gift, and she ended up making I'm it I'm pulling out my
2: book Let me quickly <laughs> reference <Unfortunately>, my. <laughs> I can't tell you. Uh,
1: page 24. No. Page, page 93. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, But it should it's in there. The Lotus Flower Tiara. um, I love that one. It was worn by Princess Margaret for many years. And then Kate has actually worn it. Um, There's something I I love it. It's it's got such a 1920s flair to it. And as Mm -hmm. we know, my pages, it's about royals, but it's also about fashion. And so I love the different decades. And I just love how that one so reflects the 1920s. Um, I also love, as far as baubles, um, the Queen Mother's sapphire fringe earrings, diamond and fringe earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's, I, I don't, can't remember in my head if there's a picture of it in the book or not, but they, they're there just is. these gorgeous there sapphire so earrings beautiful. and, uh, Kate has worn them on occasion and they are, they are stunning and I am just such a sucker for earrings. I buy way too many earrings and those ones are just stunning. And I'm so happy that she wears so them. beautiful.
0: Love those choices so much. Uh, okay, so our next question: yes. Which royal is the best at Zoom?
1: <laughs> That's good. Um I think well I think uh Prince Louis did pretty good the other day. He had to ask a question um for Oh so cute! Yeah, he had to ask a question to Attenborough. David, David Attenborough, Attenborough. Yeah. Yes. What is your
2: favorite MMO? And I was like you are
1: the best on Zoom, kid. You are so cute. I mean it wasn't live, but it was adorable. Yeah. So so I I think Prince I know. It
0: must have been a single take. Yeah. I
1: know. So cute. And then Charlotte asking if he likes spiders. Oh, it was so adorable.
0: Yes. I loved that.
1: Okay. So now we have
2: to highlight the section in the back. There is an appendix of sorts um, highlighting all the key figures of the monarchy and their quick stats. And with each one, you give a right royal fact, (laughs) which I love that name. Very, very sweet. Um, So what do you think is the best right royal fact you learned that didn't make the book.
1: Oh, that's hard because I'm like, they a lot of them made the book. Um, here's something interesting that didn't make the book now that I'm thinking about it. Um, that I've, I've read about before, but it just didn't have a spot in the book. And you guys have probably read or heard about it maybe. Um, but her dollhouse growing up that she basically had a miniature house for herself and her sister, and it was a tiny house and it Aww. had tiny furniture and everything else. And her and Margaret used to play in it. Growing up, and um, they have pictures of it. It's absolutely adorable, and I wish I would have gotten the chance in the book to talk about it. I could have put it under the royal residences section.
0: Yeah, right after home. Yeah, Royal Yacht Britannia. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, the Royal Yacht. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, from your Instagram account, we did a little lurking. You have a British-inspired washroom. True or false? Oh my gosh.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I love it. Um and and it was it was years in the making. Um, but I, I was just gonna say, how do we pull it, it.
0: off ourselves? Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did that once I put on my stories, all the different places you could find the different stuff that I had in there. Um, so it's, it's my, my London themed bathroom is what I call it, but it's, it's got Royals. It's got London. Um, I lived in the UK for a year. That's where I got my master's. And so I was just, I I'm not only obsessed with the Royals, I was obsessed with them before I went to the UK, but now after living in the uk it holds such a special spot in my heart and so i wanted to really decorate like that and um it's got it's got you know royal pictures i have a union jack rug and a union jack <laughs> um, kleenex holder and everything is basically you know different pops of red and i love it um it's the the shower curtain is a map of the, the underground so <laughs> I
0: love it. As some, so no great. detail has been
1: has been left undone. It is it is pretty awesome if I do say so
0: myself. I love it. That's amazing. As someone that has a portrait of Princess Diana in her bathroom, I totally support <laughs> your idea. Oh, I, I love that. Good job. I'm so happy to hear it that. like makes me like kind of energized for the day. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> I feel she inspired.
2: Yes. It is definitely a conversation starter. Anyone who comes into your home or like <laughs> guests or anything are like, okay,
1: what's the deal here? Well, everyone what uses are... the bathroom, yes. right?
0: It's like a good place yes. to have it. Yes.
1: So yeah, it does start a good conversation. Yeah. And people are yeah. it, sometimes it starts the conversation. Like, why are you so obsessed with the Royals? Like, why are <laughs> exactly. you not?
0: I don't know. Yeah. For good or better or worse. It starts yeah, a conversation. exactly.
1: Sometimes it's hard being an American because people are like, you're an American. Didn't we like fight to get away from Britain. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, that was 1776, come on, man. It's yeah, just yeah. funny, the the arguments that, that people that give, people make. some of the things that they say, yeah.
2: So we, we're assuming that you've watched The Crown. Are you a Crown you, watcher? You are
1: assuming correctly. Okay, good, good, good. I just want to make sure.
2: So <laughs> three seasons so far, what has been your favorite storyline in The Crown?
1: I just I loved the early, early years, early on, just seeing how she and Philip um, got along in the beginning and then seeing that transition for him of having to suddenly go from being, you know, kind of the husband, the head of the family to suddenly now he is underneath his wife, who is the monarch. I Mm -hmm. thought that was absolutely fascinating to see. That was one of my my favorite plot points because I think that's so hard and I think it's been amazing what he's accomplished and how he's been able... To do that, because I think, if, you know, the time it, it was much more, you know, the alpha male kind of dominant type of thing. And so to see mm-hmm. him be able to grow into this role of, of serving his wife as the monarch and whatever, it's truly been incredible. And he's done an absolutely amazing job. So that's been a really cool plot point.
2: Yeah, especially because I felt like that was such a peak behind the royal curtain that we didn't yes. hear about so much. So it was just so like so eye-opening to see like you kind of would have assumed that that interaction had taken place with between them. But to see it on screen and to see it all, you know, laid out for you, yes. was just it was so interesting. And so I just, yeah, totally yeah, loved was, yeah. the drama oh, of The that. first yeah. season was so good.
0: Yeah. yeah, so so good. I'm excited for season four.
1: Oh, me too. To see Diana and everything <laughs> in the wedding, that's going to be so awesome.
0: Well,
2: okay, so final question. We ask all of our guests this. Which royal, living or dead, do you identify with the most and why?
1: I think I think Zara a lot. Interesting. Um, I think Zara Tyndall. Yeah, because she just – she seems to really value her family a lot. She, um, I just admire how she gets along with everybody in the family. It doesn't matter who it is. Everybody – Seems to love Zara, is mm-hmm. close to Zara. She's just somebody I really would like to emulate and be like. She doesn't seem to, you know, have any problems with anybody. She's just always happy. She is, you know, um, she just seems like a, like she would just be a ton of fun to hang totally. out with. And she's accomplished so much. She got a silver medal in the Olympics. Yeah. And I just, so I don't know. I, I hope I identify with her. But more than anything, <laughs> I'd, I I'd like to... Be like her. So <laughs> I guess we all aspire
0: kind of to be like Zara. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think it's kind of a mixed question
0: there. But yeah, Zara. Totally. Oh, I feel like that's, that's a I, great I answer. Love that answer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's such a treat to thank talk you to so you. And we much. really hope that everyone, this is a book for people who love the Royals available this week. So you need to get it. It's the best holiday gift. And follow Rebecca <laughs> at The Royal Courier on Instagram. Thank you Thank guys you, so Rebecca. much for
1: having me. I just, I just so appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: And now,
2: before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the
1: royal highs and lows.
2: My low this week is Harry is headed back to the UK for, quote, a tough talk with the Queen. So multiple reports are saying that Prince Harry will soon return to the UK in the coming weeks to have a conversation with the Queen. And some are wondering whether it's about his visa status, um, which gets a little complicated and there's all these like diplomatic terms and things for it. But either that or perhaps their political, uh, you know, calls to action that they've Um, A lot of people have been, or at least a lot of people on Twitter have kind of been talking about, um, been bringing up. And there was, I think, a representative that wrote like a letter about Harry and Meghan and how they shouldn't have titles and all of this and whatever. So this all comes because I think the main report was that. The staff were told to prepare Frogmore Cottage for his arrival, Um, but a royal biographer, Penny Jr., told The Mirror, Harry and Meghan have burned some significant bridges that may be beyond repair right now. It doesn't seem to bother them, and I can't see Meghan ever wanting a way back. I don't think I can see them wanting a way back, but not because of bridges burned, but just because they have so much freedom now with, you know, and and monetarily and otherwise. So I think that, you know, I definitely think their one-year review won't be a question of whether they would return or not it seems they're very happy with their current life um but it'll be interesting to see how yeah, is that that it that conversation goes we, gonna be
0: yeah yeah totally yeah. oh my gosh well Milo is kind of a quirky low uh, apparently Princess Beatrice sliced Ed Sheeran's face with a sword at a party at the Royal Lodge circa 2016 I had to like include all those details
2: <laughs> very so weird right?
0: yeah. I was like huh when I read this uh but stitches were required for Ed and apparently Beatrice never followed up with Sheeran according to his manager Stuart Camp and Stuart is pretty pissed about it. (laughs) He shared that on the Straight Up podcast and said that I I guess there was like a whole different story that was concocted and it never was meant to be revealed that it was Princess Beatrice, but it was and she was maybe drunk, waving the sword around, trying to knight another partygoer. I don't really know. I think it's a low, it's weird everyone lied about it. just, oh, it's a quirky low. I'm calling it a quirky low. (laughs) It's also like
2: the most unrelatable like, who else besides the royals have swords
0: that they wave around <laughs> at parties? Like, this is like, you know, oh. It does sound incredibly unsafe, too. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking and sword holding. No.
2: Uh, my high this week is there is a new Crown teaser. Netflix released a chilling new trailer for The Crown Season 4. It is out November 15th, which, when our episode airs, will be one month away. And I'm so <gasps> excited. The narrator oh, is, it's very... Kind of eerie, the trailer. It gives me um, you know, it's it's gives me pause because it's super dark. And the narrator kind of sounds like an archbishop officiating a wedding. Perhaps it's the one from Charles and Diana's wedding day in the show. But he says, here's the stuff of which fairy tales are made. A prince and princess on their wedding day. But fairy tales usually end at this point with the simple phrase they lived happily ever after. And then he says, our faith sees the wedding day, not as the place of arrival, but the place where the adventure really begins. And it's all dark and spooky and everyone's out to get Diana and it's really scary and I'm really excited and I also think Gillian Anderson is going to win an award as Margaret Thatcher. because I can't I, take my eyes off her in that
0: trailer. Just totally the costume
2: agree. makeup, hair, everything. It's like she, she's, oh, she's so good. I'm so excited.
0: Uh, more entertainment for me. My high of the week is that Spencer, the drama by Pablo Lorraine, is still on and filming. We found out this week is set to begin in January 2021. Uh, Kristen Stewart is, as we know, set to step into the Role and she's been talking in an interview saying that it's intimidating as hell to mimic Diana's accent because people know and are so familiar with it. She's also really been doing her homework, reading biographies, and says that it really is one of the saddest stories ever, which I think we all can agree with different aspects that it really is, um, but also that she's never been more excited to play a part. And I still have a like I can't visualize her in the role yet, but. I just, I'm really excited for it. 2021, that's the theme of this episode. I think until I see her with the
2: blonde wig, it'll be very hard for me to picture her as Princess Diana. And I hope that it all, I mean, Emma Corrin is like a replica of Princess yeah. Diana. And I think that's a very high bar to set. So it'll be very interesting to see how this movie turns out. I'm I'm excited for it though. I like Kristen Stewart. So.
0: Yes, such a high. All
2: right. Well, just a reminder before we close: leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. Here's a real review from G Bunny Seven Two Zero: such a brilliant show, which had fulfilled my UK royal family fantasy with lots of little royal emojis. Love it! Remember to subscribe. Markle. We need to our- more emojis that are royal.
0: Just throwing it out. I know. Yeah,
2: can we start a petition for? I think it's called the Unicode Consortium. <laughs> It's weird that I know that. Love that you know that. <laughs> the Emoji Unicorn Consortium. Um, we'll start a petition. All right. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group. You can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally
0: on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at NYC.
2: Until next week, God, God save, save the pod. The pod.